Hello again, everybody, and welcome back to The Autopsy of John Locke, your absolute most favorite Lost Watch slash Rewatch podcast. And it's a podcast where I watch Lost for the first time, Eric watches it for the third time, and we try to find out what exactly was going on on this here island, whether or not the show holds up, why nobody's talking about it anymore, and just try to answer the eternal question of, what's going on? I'm Daniel. And I'm Eric. And we're here today, we're talking about Lost Episode 5, White Rabbit, and Episode 6, House of the Rising Sun. So we have a Jack and a Sun episode today. So first episode of White Rabbit involved, it starts off with uh, uh, Charlie waking up Jack that somebody is drowning out in the ocean. And Jack goes out and realizes that it's Boone, but he was trying to save uh, someone else who was drowning out there. And uh, that lady unfortunately dies. And people start kind of like looking to Jack for leadership more. And he's like, nah, I can't do that. Uh, during this, Claire is getting dehydrated because it's a hot island and they're running out of water and the water mysteriously vanishes. Uh, Jack kind of wonders whether or not he's really fit to lead this this ragtag band of misfits on their island adventure and is also seeing uh, the ghost of his dead father who turns out to be the whole reason that he was in Sydney to begin with. So he heads out into the jungle, sort of following the ghost, and eventually finds the wreckage of another part of the ship with his dad's coffin in it, but his body's not in there! But he also finds a, a little oasis with some fresh water for the group, and we, you know, get some more flashbacks with him. We meet his parents and uh, have one of those moments where we're like, huh, now that we've met your parents, you certainly could have turned out a lot worse. (laughs) (laughs) And so they find some fresh water, and that leads us to the next episode, which is a sun episode, where they're bringing some water back from the caves where they have found, and Jack's like, hey, um, rather than making this huge trek regularly for water, why don't we move everyone into the caves where there's like shelter there's fresh water it's cooler out here and that causes a little bit of divide between him and Saeed and it ends with our group kind of splitting into two those who go into the jungle and those who are staying on the island this is where we first kind of learn about Sun's flashbacks where we get kind of the scenes of her and her husband courting and him beginning to work for Sun's father and we think he's just doing some normal business type stuff, but turns out he uh, might be doing some shady shit for Sun's dad, and she's making plans to leave him when they go to the airport in Sydney. But alas, she is unable to fully leave her husband. There's something there still that keeps her to him, and now they're on an island together, and he uh, tries to murder Michael because Michael found his father's watch. So, Eric, I very much enjoyed both of these episodes again. I have some little nitpicks here or there, but I'm I, like like a delicious ogre onion. Every time I come back to an episode, <laughs> there's just more wonderful layers for me to dip into. Where should we start with these? Well, that's the thing is that you covered so much ground and there's still quite a bit of stuff that you didn't mention. <laughs> I know, it's <laughs> just, incredible. I guess, so I guess much... first thing, we got to address the 
elephant in the room of somehow inexplicably we chose another TV show that features a ghost dad. <laughs> I, I, I think I might have briefly alluded to it when we were talking about Lost, but I don't think I processed just how prominent it was this early. <laughs> um, yeah, so that's pretty incredible. Um, he, as of right now, is 100% less annoying than Ghost Harry because he does not talk as far as we could tell, so... <laughs> Uh, that part's great. But yeah, uh, I mean, I, I'm, I'm glad you enjoyed these episodes. I think they're really strong episodes as well for a wide variety of reasons. I think that in particular, the island dynamics of um, having this split is uh, this split and also Jack struggling with being a leader, I think is going to be really important as we move through the rest of the season, especially because there's this overbearing tension of are we just going to give up on being saved or are we going to try to, uh, you know, salvage what we can and hope that someone will eventually spot us? Because also in this episode, we get clues that, right, like we see two dead bodies that have been dead for at least 40 or 50 years, uh, which seemingly is, is longer than what we heard about the French, French dispatch that was uh, going through in the first episode. So we're getting hints that they're, have been people that have gotten to this island at some point um we have that we also have that we that we haven't mentioned uh you know Locke and charlie having like some nice bonding moments about the island and yeah. charlie's heroin addiction uh and there's definitely other stuff we haven't talked about but yeah uh, i don't know where to start i feel like i want i want to know what what latched what uh what did you latch onto the most out of this um so i really enjoy kind of like you alluded to the sort of dividing up the inhabitants into the beach and the caves. I I don't, again, having never seen the show, I don't think this is going to, you know, turn into something where it's like, oh, one side is warring with the other. But I like, <laughs> you know, splitting them up into two camps so we can kind of, you know, maybe have an episode where we focus more on one camp rather than the other to let us have some kind of focus on different characters and let things breathe a little bit since it is such a large cast. Yeah. And I, again, it's kind of like, hey, if if someone shows up on the beach and we're all gone, we're just kind of fucked even if someone does end up coming. So right. I, I understand both perspectives to it. I We had kind of alluded that kind of both Saeed and Jack have been kind of taking different sort of leadership roles. And now they've really kind of established themselves as the king of the beach and the king of the caves, which I think will be interesting going forward. I wasn't crazy about kind of the... The plotline of, oh, Jack doesn't think that he can be a leader. He doesn't think he has it in him initially. But the more I think about it, I'm like, hey, man, we, we you kind of like took charge from literally moment one of the series. But right. kind of despite that, it's like he still doesn't know if he can do it himself, probably because of his garbage parentage. Right. But overall, I mean, I still he's like, like he's literally haunted by him physically and mentally in this episode, which is which is very good. I know. Like the, the first scene is like his dad getting mad at him for defending a kid who was getting beat up and getting right. beat up himself. I'm like, Jack's dad, you stink. You stink so much. <laughs> yeah. So, yeah, there's quite a few things with his parents. We only get the the flashbacks are actually pretty sparse in this episode, mainly because I think we have effectively Jack tracking his ghost father on the island, acting as a surrogate of sorts for those flashback type scenes. Um, but we do have some interesting moments here that are also alluding to the fact that there's definitely more to their story, right? Um, 
when his mom is trying to convince Jack to go to Australia and he's like, fuck that, my dad sucks. <laughs> and she's like, well, like you should do it for like what you did. And it's very unclear as to what he quote did. Um, it's, it's very, there's a lot of space between that, that first scene that we get of him as a kid versus, you know, him basically going to Australia to find his father dead. Like there's a ton of space there for, for stuff to develop that, um, I'm going to be really interested to see how that plays out as we rewatch. Um, but yeah, I mean, what, what else, what else, uh, stuck out to you here? Uh, to go on the other end of the spectrum of something that I wasn't as big of a fan of. Yeah. There's some sort of very light flirting between Jack and Kate in these mm-hmm. episodes. And it kind of what the, one of the climactic moments of episode six is Kate saying that she's going to stay on the beach rather than go with Jack because I can't be Eve. And Jack's yeah. like, what happened to you? And she's like, <laughs> you decided you didn't want to know that yeah. all d- didn't really kind of work for me. Cause I feel like so far through the show, it's done a very good job of, you know, setting up expectations and then kind of recontextualizing them as you gain more information about the characters. This is just, we know it's something about whatever she had a bounty on her head for, and they're just not telling us. And even if I, I feel like even if I knew, I don't know if I would have found it terribly satisfying, honestly. Yeah, yeah, I think... I think the dialogue there is not great. I think the dynamic I have less of an issue with. I think more of the fact that it's... The thing that I find really interesting about these episodes is there is a heavy uh, capital S spiritual component to how people are talking about the island and how people are treating this experience, right? Locke and, and Charlie eventually once, you know, once he gives up his heroin and then, you know, the island will reward you. And Locke has said he's looked into the face of the island and this island has magical components. You need to follow the hallucination of your father, as he says to Jack. All of these people within the cave are experiencing this, this idea that there's something really unique about this island. There's something that we need to stay here and, like, we need to, you know, try to live within these components. Whereas Kate, at least, and, and I believe Sawyer and Saeed, and I can't remember who else is on the beach... Uh, Michael but, and Walter, and I right. think those are our big ones. Those are our big ones. Yeah, because we still have the tertiary characters that uh, I don't think it's really a spoiler to say, as far as I can tell, I don't think we're going to get introduced to anyone else. Like, all those people are mostly background people as far as, far as I can remember. Um, no, but I think that there's something really um, interesting about how that tension becomes exacerbated, where it's not as much a practical versus spiritual dynamic, but it's more of the fact that Kate and other people have, like, Kate and Saeed and Sawyer have seen this as like, we're just, we got here, you know, Kate's dealt with some shit, you know, as as she's gotten here and she just wants to get off the island and doesn't want to be, quote, Eve in the sense that she just doesn't want to die and live on this island forever in the caves, which I don't think Jack and them want to do either. They just (laughs) understand that they're kind of stuck right now. (laughs) So I think that there's, there's the dialogue leaves something to be desired, but I, I think that the way that those tensions are building, I don't love the flirting stuff. I think it's fine. I think it's doing a good job at kind of speeding up, uh, you know, that the, the way that they could have had this flirting last for episodes and episodes, but. Uh, so should we talk a little bit about Sun's flashbacks? And I guess I do have to preface this with one thing I did end up accidentally spoiling myself on is I did know that she spoke English when we started the show. It was in an episode description when I checked to see if the show was on Hulu. <laughs> okay, that's interesting. Uh, yeah, I mean, it's a pretty good reveal um, just because of how people have been talking to her the entire uh, season so far. 
so, so I I think that the Sun and Jing stuff uh, or Jin stuff I think is stuff that works actually quite a bit better in the flashbacks than the island stuff does for the most part. Um, I think that the Jin and Michael stuff is probably the weakest of these entire episodes. Um, I don't know what, what were your thoughts on them. Yeah, I mean it's because it's pretty heavy. Because like I think it's the opening scene of episode six, yeah. and, and they acknowledge this. Like he tries to kill Michael. Yeah, he like, he's tries to kill straight Michael. up drowning the guy. Yeah, because of a watch that he picked up, and I don't remember if there was like a scene in an earlier episode where he was trying to be like, "Hey, man, that's mine" or something. Yeah. And you, I, I feel like you're kind of set up to think that he found out about that very very awkward encounter that michael and mm-hmm. son had where he like saw her undressed and then right. <laughs> plays it off terribly yeah but instead it's not that and michael never like confesses like all right i, I saw something i shouldn't have you just yeah. kind of like there's no reason this guy should be mad at me so right and i think i do think that was a little bit weak i did enjoy the flashbacks and kind of like you said when she like reveals that she speaks english to michael even though I knew it was coming, it still like plays very, very well, and I enjoyed it. So yeah, yeah, it's the, the the two of them on the island. We'll have to see how it is now that they're in the caves. But I enjoyed the flashbacks for the most part. Yeah, I think the flashbacks do a really good job at one giving us a very cute doggo and showing <laughs> the dog. Uh, one of the most effective ways of showing that time has passed is showing that dog be tiny and then showing it be massive, uh, which I which I very much appreciated. But. Um, yeah, I think that, I mean, we're obviously going to get a lot more with Sun and Jin, and um, I think that as that story gets flushed out more and more, especially as you see here, you see, like, a tenderness to Jin that you really, like, you've kind of briefly seen moments of, but I think you start to see actually why they care about each other and what they see in each other, um, even if clearly being on the island has really uh, made Jin as tense as he possibly can be, <laughs> and trying to hold on to, like, this one thing uh, from home when I, I, I actually really like the moment where Michael is trying to explain to Jin, even though Jin presumably does not understand him that, uh, you know, we don't need this watch because it's and one, it's pointless because we don't need time on the Island. Uh, and like time doesn't matter here. And there's something really effective about that connecting with the larger theme that's kind of running through the episode as, as we have the cave and, and beach dynamics which I also find interesting because then Michael and Walt are the ones that are, you know, on the beach because Michael mainly wants to get Walt off this island. So I think there's a lot of interesting uh, dynamics that emerge from that, even if I don't love the trying to kill Michael part. And I, I was at least happy that they, like, acknowledged it on uh-huh. the thing rather than being like, oh, you know, he got a little hothead. It's like, no, he was, like, trying to drown him. Right. And he's probably <laughs> killed somebody, it seems like. yeah. Yeah, I mean, as far as we can tell, Jin has definitely has definitely done bad things considering what he was covered in blood uh, when he came home. So, I also think um, one of the like interesting uh, like larger things about this show is that this was this was an episode that when it aired, obviously in two thousand four, having this many subtitles run through an episode is like pretty unique for a broadcast show. It's obviously mm. much more common now just because of the ubiquitous of international shows on streaming services, but like especially on broadcast on a you know a show that episode was watched by almost 20 million people at this time like i think it's 
really impressive how much they don't sacrifice subtitles and don't sacrifice having characters inauthentically speak English, right? I think I think that part is um, particularly interesting, especially because the reveal of Sun being able to speak English is because of the fact that she's been preparing to leave Jin for a presumably long amount of time based on how big that dog gets, so. All right. Uh, just a couple of stray thoughts. <laughs> uh, Boone really sucks a big dick in these episodes. <laughs> Yeah, yeah. I have a feeling we're going to talk more about Boone uh, in one of our segments. But um, yeah, Boone really sucks. Uh, him getting upset at Jack about uh, not, you know, not, not, you know, that I would have been fine, which clearly Boone was going to die. <laughs> so Boone's a real dunce. Uh, but also. And then he steals the water. I was like, well, Jack was gone, so someone had to protect too. I'm like, dude, right. you stink. <laughs> yeah, it's it's one of those where, like, it's, Say I what wanna... you will about Shannon. She's not actively making situations worse. That is very true. I was going to say the thing about the the Boone thing is that I to play you know to to play someone who's trying to defend Boone at least a, like a modicum of a bit. I as far as we can tell, Boone wasn't just like chugging the water and hoarding it. Right, <laughs> he was like seemingly quote protecting it. At least like that's what he thinks he was doing. So like. And the fact that he's giving water to Claire and like wasn't denying other people water, I do think it's just that Boone, like Boone, is a real idiot in these episodes, and like he should have known that that's gonna look awful. Just like, of course dance. it's gonna look. So like, I want to, I want to like defend him a bit, <laughs> and like, and I never want to do that because Boone is generally not uh, a character that I really care about. But um, yeah, I think here it's this is a bad two episode stretch for him. <laughs> Honestly, this is, okay, wait, this is kind of opening up something segment-wise that I think could be fun, is we could play, like, winners and losers of, of like, these two-episode stretches, or, like, mainly losers, I think would be fun, because I think that Boone is the objective loser of these two episodes. <laughs> oh, no, that, that scene between him and Sawyer, who also is not great in these episodes, he's, got, he's yeah. back to being a little bit more racist, uh -huh, but yeah. when he's just like, how does it feel to take, like, my title as the most hated guy on the island? It's like, sucks, doesn't it? It's, that's, that's a, actually a really good moment. I do like that moment a lot. It is, it is. <laughs> um, yeah, no, so I mean, other, other things. Uh, so a couple other little things that I think are worth mentioning. Um, you know, when they discover Adam and Eve, uh, if you remember, they find two stones, one black, one white, right? Clearly calling back to the pilot episode with John Locke playing backgammon and talking to Walt. Um, there's, there's quite a few things here that are like already starting to connect things, even if the connections are incredibly unclear. Um, right. We're also getting this idea of, I mean, what did you think? Of, like, what, what is your theory on jack's dad and his body not being in the coffin like do you think that he is like do you think that that's not a ghost of his father but his actual father like what or what do you think about that whole thing so you're asking me if i think his father is a zombie last time you wanted me to not rule out dinosaurs this time you're asking me to not rule out zombies <laughs> that's i mean yes <laughs> Um, I, I am leaning more towards that he is a ghost rather than a zombie. Like, okay, I, so I wonder if maybe his body, like, got ejected at some point and the coffin just, like, reclosed itself or yeah. that the island took him, mm -hmm. much like the the old man Yoda disappearing after he accomplished his purpose and then he haunts <laughs> Luke as a ghost. Yeah. Well, I was just curious if you had any, if there were any things that came to your mind when you saw that. Um, I'm trying to think, are there any other um, 
mystery components here that we need to talk about or that you want to address? I don't think so. I, I have I do have my conspiracy for the week that we'll get to into the segment yes. segment, but there wasn't a lot that really inspired me to go crazy theorizing lore wise, which sounds a little crazy when we have a literal ghost in this episode, but mm-hmm. we'll we'll see what happens in the future. Yeah. Well, having said that, is it time to go to the segment segment? It is. Alright. Do you have something you want to start us off with, Eric? Um, no, let's let's start off with uh, your conspiracy. All right, this one, kind of like I said, I wasn't inspired to do anything completely crazy this week, so this is going to be, I think, a pretty safe conspiracy, but I don't think that that's the last we're going to see of any sort of ghost character. Interesting. Okay, so so we will see more ghosts. Yes, in some fashion. My, and and if if Jack's dad comes back, that's not that's not a is a success. It's got to be a different ghost. One of the thirteen okay. ghosts of Scooby Doo. So your so just a reminder, your previous two predictions were that the show will have some element of time travel, and that you said there might be dinosaurs. <laughs> Yes, that's my They Might Be Giants cover band, where we change the topics of all the songs to dinosaurs. That is really good. Um, no, that's interesting. Um, yeah, I mean, I obviously won't say anything um, about that. So, uh, do you do you want to do Joey Quinn's Island in the Sun? I do. So, Joey Quinn's Island in the Sun, this is our inexplicable segment where we rip uh, Joseph Quinton of the latter seasons of Dexter onto the island from Lost, I guess just mostly as we established last time for fan fiction purposes. <laughs> so I think in in these episodes, uh, Quinn would have definitely drowned in the same way that Boone did. Uh, I think that he would have had... Basically, I I think that quite literally, if you fully have Quinn be Boone in these two episodes, it actually works perfectly. Uh, Quinn having the hubris to think that he can save someone while swimming out and clearly cannot. Uh, stealing the water, thinking that he's doing a good thing, but actually just because he wants to think that he's in charge. Uh, not seeming to understand that it looks really, really bad for him. Uh, I also think that, uh, I also think that Quinn probably would have, probably would have taken the watch as well and not, not thought it was a big deal. That, I think you nailed it all there. That all sounds basically right. Like we just replaced Boone with Quinn and basically, basically nothing really changes. Here's, here's a good here's a good thought experiment. Uh, at the end of the episodes, does Quinn go to the caves or stay at the beach? Oh, he 100% stays at the beach. That's what he, he, he's got to work up on his tan. He, <laughs> he doesn't have access to spray tan anymore, so he's like, well, I got to do this the natural way now. I do like that that is, that is his main character trait that we've given him across these episodes, is that he just really wants to get his tan on. Like, that is that is fully what he's using this island for. He, he, ha- he is under absolutely no pretenses that someone is not going to come save them in, like, 48 hours, and every right. 24 hours that 48-hour counter resets, he's just <laughs> biding his time, catching some sun, trying to get with Shannon, all that good stuff. Yeah. All right, Eric, are, are you ready for uh, a segment that has a brand new title? Oh, okay, yeah. All right, this is a segment called Somehow Palpatine Has Returned. <laughs> uh, okay, <laughs> go first, on. First of all, I want you to guess what this segment is and how I got the title. 
somehow Palpatine has returned. Oh my god. Um, <laughs> so I, I am, uh, I'm fully stumped right now because <laughs> I can't tell if you are saying that someone from the show is Palpatine or if... I, I, I genuinely don't know. So I'm, I'm, I can't even give you a fun guess. What the hell are you talking about? <laughs> All right, Eric. Well, I'm not going to tell you what the title means. You're going to have to figure it out over the course of the, the rewatch, like most mysteries are lost. But uh, this is what I've renamed our uh, segment where we kind of take a look back at what was going on in 2004 in between uh, these right. last couple episodes. Okay. So in between the airings of episode four to episode six so between uh december 14th and december or not december between october 14th and october 27th 2004 uh lionel messi made his pro debut as a soccer player and the uh 2004 boston red sox completed their 03 comeback against the yankees that's fun and meanwhile these people are fucking stuck on the island not able to watch any sport i know (laughs) you know oh, oh my god quinn had like a like some insane bet for on the Yankees to make the comeback, and he's actually a millionaire, but he never he never gets to collect the bet. <laughs> oh, that's really good. Ah, oh, that's good. I love that. I like that too. Oh, that's that's real fun. Cause no, he's a yeah, cause he's a total degenerate and is definitely it's like <laughs> it's an uncut gems type thing. He's definitely lost so much money on it and like won a ridiculous odds thing, and now he can't he can't get it because he doesn't deserve it. He really and the island is punishing him for that. Exactly for his hubris. <laughs> the island, as far as we can tell, does not have a sports book that he can cash in on. <laughs> the local bookie. <laughs> All right, Eric. Anything else we gotta we gotta talk about? Any other segments? I don't think so. I mean, we can we can maybe uh, consider consider what we can do with uh, proclaiming people winners or losers and make it a little bit more fun. We can think on it between these two episodes and see if there's a fun punny title we can come up with. I do like that. I think we already covered Boone as one of the losers. I think a winner of this episode, kind of like I alluded to at the start, uh, John Locke really brings it in these episodes. He is not the focus character of either of these two, and after being mostly in the background for the first three, he's, like, dominated the last three, and he's been just great. Yeah, I think that I think that it, it's really impressive how strong of a character he is and just how dynamic Terry O'Quinn is. Um, John Locke was, like, when I was starting to watch the show, was the character that, like, fully sucked me in in a way that I was like oh I love this this weird weird adventurous man um and it only gets stronger as the show goes on so I think that I mean John like John Locke is always gonna or not always but mostly gonna be a winner because of Terry O'Quinn but um yeah no I, I agree with you all right is it time to sign off for the week I think so all right. Well, thank you both again for watching our Lost podcast. We hope you've been enjoying our change of scenery, going from the beaches of Miami to the cold woods of New York, now to the beaches of uh, somewhere. Uh, we'll be back again next week to cut a little bit deeper, catch a couple more rays, uh, steal a few more watches. Until then, I'm Daniel. And I'm Eric. Goodbye, y'all.